Well, what a great day it has been. I just, this week is going by way too quick. I'm saddened to think that tomorrow night is the last night of this. I, I love you all dearly, and I'm just thankful that you guys have given me the opportunity to spend this week with you. And tonight, I have a few thank yous that I've got to thank again and, and mention. Um, one's a shout out to my son and daughter for coming down again. You know, he works full time. He's got a full time job. He's older, yet he still came down and heard dad tonight. And I want to thank Jack for doing that, for Beth riding shotgun with him. And um, just, it's an encouragement that uh, they put up with me every Sunday. So I'm glad they're willing to come another night on their own. So the other one that I want to say is Paige and Luke, I'm so thankful for you all and Hawk. I've had fun playing with him some today and had fun and a good time. And I think fun and good doesn't describe it. That's the way I feel about it. But I think it was productive in talking about some of the Lord's work and, and to see the earnest desire he has to be serious about it and worried that he does it well. And, uh, you know, just keep lifting him up. Keep standing behind him. Keep, keep not letting him step backwards because he might weary or get tired in this work. Uh, hold them up. And remember, they're just members and sheep like you all with a little special position for him as a preacher. But, but keep pushing and holding them up. And I look forward to growing that relationship with him and Paige and Hawk. Now that we know each other, there's not that worry of calling one another. You know, he's, he's stuck knowing me now. So, But, you know, what a great night. And, you know, I've met someone tonight that's, you know... She'll hear this, but she's worried about her health, but she's sitting out here listening to me. And I just walked out and I said, I just wanted you to see a face to a voice and didn't want to press myself on her, but I wanted to say hi to her. You know, we got visitors here. We got people here that have come on a, a Tuesday night to open up the word of God and to listen and follow along and to lift their voice in song when there's so many more, if you just think about the number of the people in Somerset that have no care in the world about God tonight in this kind of a way. And it's a commendable thing that you're all sitting here. I just thank you for doing that. You know, let's get down to what we're here for tonight, though, okay? Because I, I could spend the night just being thankful for every one of you here. And I, I guess there is one more thing I need to say. Please pray for my brother Charles. Um, Charles is a fantastic servant of the Lord. And he and Nellie are just great people, and they are at 92 and 91, and I know they were hard workers when they were in their 70s. I'd met them once back then, and they're still hard workers now, and she never slows down. And they worry about not doing as much as they should. And I'm just, well, I hope I keep that same effort that he shows when I start getting older and older. You know, he's just, he's something. So uh, please pray for him. And like I told, I'll tell Luke, when, when I hear something, hopefully it'll be good tomorrow or tonight even. I'll pass it along. But if it's not and it's in a week, I'll share with you that so that you can modify your prayers. Because I was mentioning Luke, a lot of times we pray for something and we pray for something. And we hear and we get a result, sometimes good, sometimes bad, sometimes yes, sometimes no. But yet we forget to return to the Lord and thank him for the outcome that we found out about it. So I will make sure to try to be diligent on letting you all know that, and I ask that you be diligent in prayer. So we started this week, and I, I thank Luke for the, the lead into this, of the ideal of walking confidently on our walk to heaven. And first, as we were looking at this, we started Sunday morning to talk about the walk 
toward heaven and how that happens. And the only way that happens, the only way we can do that is to become a baptized believer in Jesus. And that's where we get on the actual path to go to heaven. And then secondly, the second AM service, we talked about what we have to do to stay on that walk and how a big part of that is repenting of sin in our life and growing Sunday night our faith over doubts that we may have when doubts creep into our lives. And last night we talked about the need for prayer. And while we move towards heaven, sure, we can ask the Lord for physical blessings, but the point of last night was to encourage that we would focus on the spiritual blessings and petitions of the Lord. Okay, so we have all that under our belt now, right? We've got it all whipped, we're ready just for tonight, and we'll move on. We are. But as we're moving towards heaven, as we're growing in our spiritual life, as we're growing in our prayer life, and as we're on this walk to heaven, I think there is a point that we need to remember, and that's God's people should do good works. We need to be busy doing good works. We're supposed to be working, and that's what we're going to talk about tonight. I'm going to show and read a bunch of verses to you now, and I hope you'll follow along. I love the sound of the pages turning that I've been hearing all week, but I am going to be putting them up on the overhead as well. But let's start with this list. And what I'd like you to do is as you read or as you follow along, I want you to listen for a couple key words that we're going to hear over and over and over again in these verses. So first, let's turn to Matthew 5.16 together. Matthew 5.16 says, Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Let's flip over to Colossians 1.10. Again, this is kind of rapid fire, but I want you to key in on anything you hear repetitive. So that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Let's go on over to 2 Thessalonians 3.13. But as for you, brethren, do not grow weary of doing good. 1 Timothy 5.10. Having a reputation for good works, as if she has brought up children, if she has shown hospitality to strangers, if she has washed the saints' feet, if she has assisted those in distress, and if she has devoted herself to every good work. I think if you're following along with me, you see where I'm going with this. Titus 2, 13 and 14. Looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of the great God and Savior, Christ Jesus, who gave himself up for us to redeem us from every lawless deed and to purify for himself a people for his own possession, zealous for good deeds. A couple more. Titus 3.8. This is a trustworthy statement and concerning these things, I want you to speak confidently so that those who have believed God will be careful to engage in good deeds. These things are good and profitable for men. Titus 3, 14. Our people must also learn to engage in good deeds to meet pressing needs so that they will not be unfruitful. 
Hebrews 13, 16. And do not neglect doing good and sharing, for with such sacrifices, God is pleased. And lastly, 1 Peter 2, 12. Keep your behavior excellent among the Gentiles, so that in the thing in which they slander you as evildoers, they may, because of your good deeds as they observe them, glorify God in the day of visitation. Wow. And this isn't even every verse about doing good. This isn't every verse that there is about good works, but when you look at a list like this and you really laser focus in on it, what do you see that we should be about? And I think we would have to resoundingly say the theme is good works. There's no way to get around it. You know, look at this list. Jesus, Paul, and Peter all tell us to be doing good works. It's an obvious conclusion when you look at what they've said, but we are supposed to do good works, and what are they? And I think we're given some direction in that. But I will tell you what they're not. Good works are not your ticket into heaven. So please get that straight. You will not earn your way into heaven by your works. They can't buy you a ticket that way. Being a good person and doing lots of good things will not give you a pass. Look at Ephesians 2 with me. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and not that of yourself. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. So please, don't leave here thinking works are going to make it for you. It's what we do. All right? So as we think about this, you know, there are some key words there. For by grace, it is a gift of God, but the result is we work. And just to drive this point home a little bit more, because I don't want to leave it unopened, go over to Titus 3, 4 through 7. It says there, but when the kindness of our God, our Savior, and his love for mankind appeared, he saved us, not on the basis of deeds, which we have done in righteousness, but according to his mercy by the washing of regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out upon us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we would be made heirs according to the hope of eternal salvation. So please don't leave here with the wrong idea. We are saved by his grace and mercy, by doing his will and being baptized into the blood of his son that died for us, not our works. I don't want anyone here leaving with a false sense of hope in that because we cannot earn our way into heaven that way. We could be perfect in all that and it would still be by grace and mercy that we make it. The only way you're going to get, through, get there is by his grace and mercy. And we see that he gives it through Jesus. So again, we go back to that first lesson. You have to be in Jesus. Okay? But that still doesn't mean that we aren't going to talk about a lesson of works tonight. Because it's what we do when we're in him. So if we look at this, you know, as we think about this, it's true that true faith works. 
It's actionable. You can see it. True faith works. James tells us over in James 2.26, For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. Real, alive faith in Jesus moves us to work. We have to remember that. Works don't get us Jesus. We work because of Jesus. We work because we follow Jesus. Okay? What is our purpose once we're Christians? We are created in him, just like we read. We read that previously. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. Okay, so hopefully... We've got a baseline set down there that we understand that a good person doing good things will not save you. I don't want you leaving here in some error in that way. But a good person that's obeyed the gospel and been put in Jesus will do good works. And there's much more we're going to say about this as we keep going tonight. But tonight I want to focus on the practical working for the Lord and being confident in our walk towards heaven. And he gives us some categories of that when we look at the scriptures. You know, our first category is caring for widows and orphans. James 1, 27. We can look no farther for evidence about this work. It says, Pure and undefiled religion in the sight of our God and Father is this, to visit the orphans and widows in their distress and keep oneself unstained by the world. You know, to care for widows and orphans is a good indicator of pure and undefiled religion, it says here. I know I want that. But let's look at a good example of this. Let's go over to Acts 9 together. And this is one of those. Please turn to it if you've got your Bibles out. It was too much to put on the PowerPoint that it would not have been like newspaper print for you out there in the audience. But let's turn to Acts 9, 36 through 41 and read this. And look at the work that was being done here. It says here in Acts 9, Now in Joppa there was a disciple named Tabitha, which translated in the Greek was called Dorcas. This woman was abounding with deeds of kindness and charity, which she continually did. Wouldn't that be something to be said about us? Wouldn't that be a, a, a statement in our obituary if it was said? He, he, she abounded in deeds of charity and continually did. And it goes on there. And it happened at that time that she fell sick and she died. And when they had washed her body and they laid it in the upper room, since Lydia was near Joppa, the disciples having heard that Peter was there, they sent two men to him, imploring him, Do not delay in coming to us. So Peter arose and he went with them. And when he arrived, he brought him into the upper room. And all the widows stood beside him weeping. And showing all the tunics and the garments that Dorcas used to make while she was with them. But Peter sent them all out and knelt down and prayed. And turning to the body said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes. And when she saw Peter, she sat up. And he gave her his hand and raised her up. And calling the saints and the widows, he presented her alive. Tabitha was a working saint. She was continually doing deeds of kindness and love towards the church and especially the widows. There's a work there to be done. 
She sewed. She used her hands. She used her talent, her brains, and her resources to make clothes for other Christians. They were heartbroken when, broken when she died. Not because they would be out of clothing, but because they loved her. She loved them, and it showed by the way she cared for them. You know, we have to think about this. Family, we are family. We're supposed to take care of one another. But especially those of us who may not have others to watch over us. We need to be looking out for one another. We need to be checking in on one another, focusing on one another. Like the widows and orphans. You know, true, those conditions back then were a little more prominent in the first century. Not saying that makes it any less applicable today for us, but that it was a different society. You know, I could tell you right now, I could go to my pantry for a month and probably not have to go to the grocery store. There are things that I would not miss out for quite some time in the way we live now. But that doesn't mean that you can't go over and help dust something or clean something or make sure the laundry's done or, or help get that crazy fitted sheet on that's ornery to do, even at my age. There's work to be done that sounds so simple, but it means something because you love one another's family. We need to be busy doing those kind of works. You know, one of the things, and Charles is heavy on my mind, and I sat at his house a few weeks ago, and he was like, he calls me Big John because at 92 now, he's about this tall, and, I, and he walks over and, you know, just... But he was a contractor as a living, and he built the building we worship in. I know he was a man that ran the ridge poles and did the work and labor, but at 92, he just said he and Nellie feel like they can't do anything. And I said, Nellie and Charles, at this time of life, you have so much time to sit and pray for the saints. Wear God's ear out and do what you can do. And while you can do that and have that time, while I still can get up and do stuff, I'll go do those physical things, brother. We're family. We're different parts of a family. We have different roles that we play and works that we do. Go do what you can. If you can't get out of the car and get out of the home, then send notes and put them in the mailbox. I hate writing notes. I'm awful about it. But I'll go put a dishwasher in. I don't think twice about that. But there's people here that can't do that, that could write notes all day long. Do what you can do. We're hands, we're feet, we're backs, we're shoulders. We're all parts of the body that do different things, then do it. But look out for your one body here. Do the good works for everyone. You know, I'll give a little shout out here for adoption. My family's built by adoption. If you can do that, that's a great thing. If you can't, but you can support it financially, support it financially. There are some great organizations out right now that do things like that. But take care of those widows and those orphans, those people that are in need. Look out for them. Those are our spiritual mothers and sisters and brothers. And we need to look out for them. Well, let's look at another category. Supporting the weak and sick. If you turn over to Acts 20.35, we will see what Luke wrote about Paul and what Jesus said here. It says in Acts 20 and verse 35, In everything I showed you that by working hard in the manner you must help the weak, and remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he himself said, It's more blessed to give than receive. 
I outlined a couple words in my notes. Working hard, help the weak. That boils that verse down. Work hard, helping the weak. And what's our motivation? The motivation is what Jesus said. It's more blessed to give than to receive. Christians, on your walk to heaven, you've got to give. We've got to give. And it may not be, it may not be money. You know, I can remember times in my life when I was young and I didn't have any money. And I couldn't give when I knew someone needed something. But you know what? There's a ladder that got thrown in my car real quick and I'd be up doing something quickly. I don't care if it's time or money or whatever it may be. Give to one another. Find out what needs done. Some of the best times I've ever had and been encouraged the most have been times when I was down because I got up and I went and did something for someone else. That time will mean something and you will be surprised how encouraged you will be by the people you're elbow to elbow with doing that project. 1 Thessalonians 5.14 goes on to say, We urge you, brethren, admonish the unruly, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with everyone. Again, help the weak, encourage the faint-hearted, be patient with everyone. You know, several years back when my mother passed away, uh, 2007, I struggled because when she passed away, I'd been at the hospital the entire time with her. And that Saturday night I went home because I was so tired, I went a few miles away to help my sisters to sleep for four hours and she passed away in that four hour time that I left the hospital in three days. And we went home to Madison and we worshiped there that morning and we found out that some of the men were putting a roof on the house of one of our elderly people there. And I didn't feel like going. And I went, and I'll have to say it was one of the best days I've ever had. I was so encouraged by the brothers that were up on that roof doing something for someone that had a need and I was able to be included with it and have some good jokes about it and some good fun about it that that work got me through what could have been my pity party. We need to do good works. You'll be amazed where you'll find encouragement. We have to be looking for those times. You know, this verse is just chocked full of good works we're supposed to be doing. You know, admonishing the unruly behavior, to be patient with everyone. I think even though those are separated apart, I think those two go together a little bit. Admonish the unruly and be patient while doing it. I think it was just kind of nice that he separated a little bit, but those two link together some, I think. But do that work. If you do it in love, you'll be surprised how well received that will be. It will go over. You know, but what does this look like in everyday life, you say? It can be all sorts of things. And we've talked about some of them. Sending cards, visiting people, phone calls. You know, even as much as I dislike smartphones, text them. Almost everybody has it on their hip. Text them, say good morning, say hello. Find out about them. Use that honorary device for something good. <laughs> but do good works. You know, I'll put a challenge out that 
I sometimes worry about giving scenarios because I don't want you all to think that I've got it figured out because I'm a mess. I'm like the feet of the duck under the water. It looks smooth on top, but I'm always worried myself, okay? But I want to challenge you that if you can't think about where everybody in here, this, your brother and sister lives because you've never been to their house, you don't have to knock on their door and surprise them in their pajamas, but drive by their house so you can say you know where your brother and sister live. Because you should know where your family's at. Now, I still GPS everywhere just because I want to miss traffic. But I know where every one of my brothers and sisters live. Know your family. Know that good work. So if there's ever that call that comes in that someone needs something of some good thing, you won't go, I don't know where they live. Shame on us if we do that. We should know where every one of us live if we're part of this body here at Lakeside. I'm like Luke. I want to call Lake Street and Lakeside very close together because they're both very close to my heart. We should know where every one of us live in here so that we can be ready on the go to do that good work when it's called upon. Well, it may be having someone over for a meal. Maybe taking a meal to somebody. I'm telling you, you'll get more joy out of that than receiving the meal. So, along these lines, help the sick. Jesus and his apostles cared for hundreds of sick people during their ministry. Think of all the time we know of Jesus healing lepers and other diseased people, and the apostles did it too, and we should follow their example. We, we can't miraculously heal like he did, but we can go and look at that person face to face, and put a hand on theirs and give them compassion and comfort like Jesus did through his word. This is just me, and it's a hard statement over the past years, so it's going to maybe be a touchy one. But I'll tell you now, never let a sickness or a worry of sickness prevent you from doing good. I'm ready to go home. If I die today, I know where my home is, so I don't care if I catch something. I don't care if I get something. I'm ready to go home if it works for the Lord. And we need to think that way. Be ready to do works for the Lord. I can remember stories of Gary telling how he put a hand on the shoulder of a leper in Africa, and the man would just break down weeping because he'd not been touched in all his life before by someone because of that disease. And people would worry and people would say, should you be doing that? And he would say, absolutely yes. Take care of your brothers and sisters and do good for them in all things. It will be worth it. Someday when you're standing in the presence of God for eternity, singing songs of praise to him and being with the saints and angelic beings and Jesus and God, you will not care how you felt for those few months that you felt bad or whatever it was. Do good things for your brothers and sisters. All right. Off my little soapbox there. It's one that I'm, I'm passionate about, though. I'm willing to lay down for anyone in here or anyone at Lake Street or any one of my brothers and sisters that would need it. If that means me going home to be with God forever, I'm fine with that. 
James 5, 14 and 16. We studied this a little bit last night. It says, if anyone among you is sick, then he must call for the elders of the church. And if they pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in the faith will restore the one who is sick. And the Lord will raise him up. And if he committed sins, they'll be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. We're to pray for each other. You know, that was last night's whole lesson, so I'm not going to go too long on that. We're to pray for the spiritual well-being of one another. And if that spiritual well-being, the best thing for them spiritually is to give them more time to possibly repent and get closer to the Lord, then I'm going to be praying for their spiritual well, their physical well-being as well. But it needs to be that spiritual overtone we talked about last night. We need to be busy being spiritual towards the Lord. Let's go over to the last point. Giving to strangers and prisoners. Hebrews 13, 2 and 3, it says, Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers. For by this some of you have entertained angels without knowing it. Remember the prisoners as though in prison with them and those who were ill-treated since you yourself also are in the body. You know, we are to pray for each other and to help each other when we're physically sick and do that kind of work. But now we're told here to show hospitality to strangers and remember prisoners. You know, a lot of people would say this sounds a little strange for this day and age. And I'll tell you, I, I think I use some discretion, but you know, usually if my, my girls are with me or Sarah's with me, I don't pick up strangers on the side of the road. But my pasture seat has had a lot of people in it when they're not with me. Because again, if something goes wrong with it, I don't care. I know where I'm going. I'm confident because I love Jesus and I try to repent of every sin that I know I've done. Then I'm comfortable with the fact that Jesus will get me there and I'll have heaven for a home. And sometimes it's getting inconvenient. I had a guy one day, oh, I just need to go up here. And I was like, okay, right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we got there and he's like, no, it's out here. And by the end of the time, I was 22 miles down the road outside Nicholasville. And then when we got there, he said, can you stay here and wait and take me back? Yeah, I had my lunch packed. I started eating a cheese stick. I mean, it, what am I going to do? I wasn't going to leave him there. But, but I went with him. I gave him a card. I invited him to church. I talked about life and spiritual things. I, I don't know. I'm not saying he was an angel, but I'm not saying, I don't know who I was hosting, but I was going to give what I needed to give and do the work that I needed to do for some stranger. And if he walks in someday, I'll be thankful. If he doesn't, I've done exactly what I should have been doing. Show hospitality to people. There's many a people I've seen sitting with signs on the road. And, and you know, again, I, I try not to judge the heart. And sometimes I give some change or this or that. But, you know, I know where there are a lot, a lot of times. And I'll go and I'll grab a Happy Meal or a, a Combo Meal or something. And I'll take and I'll give them food. I won't put the money in their hand that they may buy something that I wouldn't think was good. But I'll give them something that's good. And I'll give them a track or something with it. There's ways to be giving to strangers that could impact them. And you might not know who walks in on the back row and sits there one night because of something you've done. Again, do what you're comfortable with. Not everybody's as maybe crazy as I am, but, but do what you're comfortable with. I wouldn't suggest my wife or daughters picking up someone like that. 
But I know they've given, they've taken food from the pantry when they've went to their, their Graham's house. And I know handed it to a spot where they know people usually stand. Do what you can to do. Who knows where you might go with that. And then the last one, you know, we look at this, you know, infrastructure in the world, you know, was different. Danny probably has a better feel for this than a lot of people after talking with him the other night of going somewhere and maybe be putting in their house and being showed hospitality. But usually, you know, someone comes in and travels in day and even sometimes when they're family, they just stay in a hotel because it's more convenient for them. But are you ready to open up your home? If needed, I'll never forget a family that picked up a family of bicyclists that were under an overhang because it was pouring on them and they were camping at the campground and they brought them to church. They chained the bikes to the post at the thing and they got in the van and they came to church with them and they took them back to the bikes and they took the bikes and then back to the campground. And have clue, those people were from Texas. They'd never seen that part of the state of Indiana and yet some of our members showed hospitality to strangers. That made an impression. I don't know where those people are at today, but they've got a seed planted in them by someone showing hospitality. And we aren't the ones to make the seed grow, but I just pray that somewhere down the line, someone else watered it and God caused the increase. Well, when we look at this, it talks about being hospitable to the prisoners as well. Let me come in here and make sure I'm where I want to be here. Yes, Hebrews 13, 3 at the end of it there in my notes. You know, it says, remember the prisoners. You know, as you know, many Christians in the first century, we don't have to worry about this too much. I don't know too many of us in the States that are put in jail for being a, a Christian. But they were, you know. Remember those people. Take care of them. And not only the ones that are maybe could be put in jail because of their faith, but the ones that aren't there, those are strangers. And you'll be amazed how receptive someone is when they're at rock bottom to the word of God. That is a time, if there's a chance, I haven't cracked it in Nicholasville yet. I don't know if there's an opportunity around here. But that is a work that I have to commend several men at Madison for doing and they, they repetitively, every Sunday night, went to the prison and preached. And there were several that went to North Vernon and preached. And one of them that obeyed the gospel in North Vernon, they finally got a tub brought into the jail so they could baptize him. When he finally got out, he's joined the church, and there are at least six families there because of that man's influence of talking about what the gospel can do for a man that has trouble. Remember the prisoners. Jails are full of people that are looking for something in life that haven't found it yet. And I'll tell you, you have the key to that life they need. Well, I'll tell you right now, all this talk of work makes me tired. It's work. And I'll tell you, there's nothing better for being tired about. Any man or woman in here that's had a project to get done and they've done it and they're tired at the end of the day and they look back and they see that the project is done, they feel good about it and they sleep well. 
And I'm telling you, if you'll take that approach with the works that we're to be doing as Christians, as children of God, men and women of God, you will sleep good at night when you put your head on the pillow because you've done these things. You know, there's times I don't want to sacrifice and do stuff. There are times I don't want to give money and there are times I don't want to go places. And sometimes I'll tell you, I succumb to that occasionally. But I know I can't and I'll repent when that happens. Why can't I just go worship on Sundays and Wednesdays and be at Bible study and call it enough? Well, you can't look at that list that we initially had and say that that's enough. Sundays and Wednesdays don't cut it for this list of summary I'm going to put up here again. See your good works. Bear fruit in your good works. Not grow weary of doing good works. Devoted to good works. Zealous for good works. Engage in good works. Do not neglect doing good. Good deeds observed glorify God. Sunday night, Wednesday night, Sunday morning won't cut it, folks. We need to have a life that's busy and works. Not because we're thinking it's going to get us to heaven, but because of what it's supposed to be. We are to do good works. That's what it's supposed to be about. There's no way around it. And not to be hard on very many statements, but you're just denying it if you don't see that you're supposed to be about works after thinking about that list right there. Christians in their lives full of good works for one another is what is going to make us stand out to people. You act and behave and do things like this and you will be amazed at the doors that will open to you to talk about God and Jesus with people. Because they're going to see that you're authentic and that you're genuine. You know, you guys can probably think, have you ever been to a car lot where the car salesman is commissioned? Have you ever been to one where they're not commissioned in the different approach to it? They're just there to put you in a car that'll work for you. We're not being that commissioned salesman. We're doing this because it's for the good of mankind. And I hope there's no car salesman in here that I just stepped on anyone's toes. <laughs> but we're to be doing it because it's the right thing. You know, at Lowe's and Home Depot, I like that model. I didn't get paid by what I sold a person. I got paid to be there to help people make good decisions. That's what these good works do. They'll give you the opportunity to help people make these good decisions. And I know it will be exhausting. And I know we have to pace ourselves. You know, this isn't a sprint. This is a marathon. This is life. I think there are some young people here that maybe obeyed the gospel. You've got, if life goes like life is planned, you've got a lot of years in front of you. And pace yourself. And do those good works. But you know, when you start getting a little older and you start getting a little closer to that finish line, you usually see the people start picking up the pace because they want to get there. If you got that in you, then go ahead and do it. I'm not going to tell you to slow down and sandbag. But be busy doing these good works, running the race and finishing it strong so that we'll 
as it says in Matthew 5.16, let our light shine before men in such a way that they see our good works and glorify who? Not John, not Luke, not anybody else in here. I'm going to use him because his name pops in my head very clearly right now. It's not Luke. It's that it glorifies our Father who is in heaven. That's what these works will be. It's a beacon to people. Doing this, living this way, working confidently in our walk to heaven gives God the glory. It magnifies him and it draws people to him and it will save souls. So my challenge tonight, we're to the end. If you want to get your, if you use a songbook, you're welcome to open it up or be ready here in a minute. The invitation is coming. But my encouragement tonight and the challenge is this, Galatians 6, 9, and 10. Let us not lose heart in doing good. For in due time we will reap if we do not grow weary. So then while we have opportunity, let us do good to all people. And catch this, he said all people, but I want to encourage brethren to remember this, the end of this verse. And especially those who are the household of faith. Take care of one another. Work for one another. Do good works for each other in any way that you can. And don't lose heart in doing it. Keep doing these works, glorifying your Father. Do good to everyone around us, but especially those in the household of faith. That's what you're supposed to be doing on your walk to heaven. That's what this lesson tonight is about. That's what our life is supposed to be busy about. There are other things in life that we do that are good and they're okay. But this is the meat of life. The things we enjoy of this world are okay. But this is the meat of life. So I encourage you to be busy in doing those good works. We're going to have a song now here by our brother in just a moment. And that song is a song to encourage us to either maybe put on Christ through baptism and have our sins washed away like it talks about in Romans 6 and to start that faithful walk towards heaven. Or it's a time for us if we've been living a way that maybe we haven't been working like we should. And we want the prayers of our brothers and sisters to encourage us in this. To come forward and be able to say, hey. I want to get better at working at this. Will you play, pray for me that I get better at doing this? Pray for that spiritual need like we talked about last night. But make any of that known as we stand and sing now. <laughs>